So this whole month we've been focusing on gratitude. And today I just want to wrap up the idea of gratitude by talking about it as a spiritual practice. Now this idea of gratitude is all over the place, right? I mean, Oprah, Oprah talks about an attitude of gratitude all the time, right? And at Unity, we've been lifting up this idea of a gratitude pumpkin. Have you seen that? Have you seen the gratitude pumpkin? We, we did it at my house. It was great. Just as the month went on, more words appeared on the pumpkin. It was really terrific. But let's explore this idea of a spiritual practice for a moment. You know how we're always talking about how at Unity, how um, even though I have a cold today and a sore throat, that inside I'm perfect and whole and complete. Spiritual practices are the vehicle that helps us to see this clearly. Spiritual practices help us to get to the point where despite my cold, despite my sore throat, I know that I am complete and whole. So let me ask you, what is your spiritual practice? What, what do you do as a spiritual practice? You can just say it out loud. Chanting. Chanting. Meditate. Praise God. What else? Ride your bike. Yes, gratitude. Breathing, yes. Running, I heard running. Reading the daily word. Volunteering at hospice. That's a great spiritual practice. There are so many, yeah. Yoga, exactly. My wife, I mean, she does yoga in 100 degree heat. I'm like, what is that? All kinds of spiritual practices, right? Some do yoga, some meditate. This morning, somebody said that petting their dog was their spiritual practice, which I love. Feeding the birds. Some go off and hike in nature. A couple of friends of mine, instead of taking meetings in their office, will take a walk. Some chant, some go on retreats and find deep solitude. Charles Fillmore talked about um, going to headquarters, right? Like, <laughs> and having a daily appointment with God. Right? So he could pray and listen, find the wisdom inside himself. He needed silence. He needed silence. Annie Dillard, the writer, describes the power of silence. Hear these words. The silence is all there is. It is the Alpha and the Omega. It is God's brooding over the face of the waters. It is the blinded note of the 10,000 things, the wine of wings. You take a step in the right direction to pray to the silence and even to address the prayer to worlds. Distinctions blur. Quit your tents. Pray without ceasing. This silence. This silence. We, we, we experienced it a little bit this morning, right? This silence 
brings us back to the essence of who we are, brings us back to the core of our being, the center of our being. At the center of our being, Thomas Merton says, at the center of our being is a point of nothingness which is untouched by our illusions. A point of pure truth, a point or spark which belongs entirely to God, which is never at our disposal, but from which God disposes of our lives. It is inaccessible to the fantasies of our own mind or the brutalities of our own will. This little point of nothingness is the pure glory of God in us. When we say we are God expressing, it means that we are acting out of that point. It is to speak God's name written in us. It is like pure diamond blazing with the invisible light of heaven. It is in everybody. And if we could see it, we could see the billion points of light coming together that would make all darkness vanish. He says, I have no program for this scene. It is only given. But the gate of heaven is everywhere. When we engage in spiritual practices, whatever it is, we get in touch with that little peace at our core. From which comes joy, love, hope, peace, and gratitude. So I'll tell you a story. And I'm going to be honest with you. The Sunday after the election, I was neither grounded nor centered. I'm just speaking for myself. I was frustrated, annoyed, sad, and worried. And because it was Sunday morning, and because I had been invited to speak somewhere, I had to preach. I did not feel like preaching. I felt like raging. I didn't feel like a spiritual teacher. I felt like one of those backbenchers in the British Parliament whose sole job is to like throw verbal bombs at whoever's speaking. That was my world right then. But I've been a minister for a long time. And, you know, I knew that even though that was part of who I was, that wasn't the totality of who I was that there was some wisdom somewhere at the center of my being, some grace, some love, something to say. I didn't exactly know how to access it at that point. But before the service began, about 30 minutes before, I drove over to America the Beautiful Park, and I sat in the park with my computer, and I sat in silence. I just sat in silence. And out of the silence came the only words I could think of. Words that were total gift. That came out of the point of nothingness at the center of my being. And they just all came in one rush. And here they were. 
Sing in me a new song, O God. I am your singer for a time, and I'll live the song you want to sing through me. And if I can hear the song and be the song, the lyrics and the melody, all praise to you, loving music maker. Write in me a new story, O God, a story of love and compassion for all life, for all people, all creatures, all of creation. I am going to sing a new song, you say. It is not the end of the story, you say. Let me remember this now and always. Do a new thing for me, O God. If I am stuck in my ways, break me out of my complacency. Break me out of my stubbornness. Break me out of my pride and blindness. Do a new thing for me. Do something new through me, though I am an old dog with old tricks. I want to be an old dog with new tricks. Teach me, O God. I am listening. I don't necessarily know what to do. Make me an instrument of your peace. I don't know necessarily how to be. Make me a vessel for your grace. I had some words to begin my service. I was filled with gratitude. I had touched eternity. And the words don't capture the touching of eternity perfectly, but they came close enough for me. I had survived the turbulence for that moment. I've overcome my own limitations. I was in that moment a moment of grace. I hadn't experienced grace. I was grace. I was filled with gratitude. I wasn't done. I still had some life left in me. I could still find something to say. Without the silence, without the outdoors, without the park, without stealing my anxiety and calming my monkey mind, those words would not have come. But they did. Silence is the foundation of all spiritual practices. Whether it's yoga, meditation, walking in nature, petting the dog, praying. When Arsenius, the Roman educator, who exchanged everything in his life for a life in the Egyptian desert, like 1,600 years ago, when he prayed, Lord... Lead me in the way of salvation. The following response came back. Be silent. Be silent. Out of the silence, God speaks. Out of the silence, we speak our deepest wisdom. Out of the silence, we listen. We find new ways of being. We find grace. We find hope. And we find gratitude, deep gratitude that goes beyond our circumstances, that sees beyond the turbulence of the everyday. You know what gratitude is. You've felt it. You've known it. Sometimes it's hard to tap into. But silence and prayer, yoga and nature, meditation and chanting can deliver us to that point of nothingness at our core 
and deliver us to a sense of deep gratitude beyond our circumstances. What are you grateful for? What fills your heart with gratitude? For the next few weeks, we'll enter into a different kind of spiritual practice, Advent. With the coming of winter, we think about the way that the dark and the light depend upon another. We think of how Christmas comes at the darkest time of the year. We put lights in trees and on front porches to make our stand, to mark our existence, to remind folks that we are alive. And we know that lots of religious traditions use light in this time of year. The Buddhists have Bodha Day, which is a, which is a celebration of enlightenment. Jewish folks have Hanukkah and light candles. Hindus have Diwali. And Christians have Advent and Christmas. All of us mark the winter solstice, and those who find meaning in nature will have their own rituals with Yule logs and all of that. It's time to mark winter's coming. We do so with Advent and Christmas. So on this first day of Advent, I offer up a special reflection for you. For you. Prepare the way. Prepare the way. Prepare the way to welcome your inner Christ child. The being of love and light. The spark of holiness that lies deep in us all. Seek the signs of hope and promise in your own life. Seek the signs of hope and promise in your own life and in the world around you. The stars that point the way to the light of God, the light of love. Make your way to the stable of peace and acceptance in the secret depths of your heart. Prepare a manger in your heart built from the words of your life, your body, your home, your physical comforts. Line it with the star from your life, your love and friendships, your memories, your harvest of sweet and bitter remembrances. Bring your life's gifts to the inner Christ child in your heart. Your gratitude, your thankfulness, your contentments, your hope, the way you have grown. Surround your manger with your joys, your loves, the beauty of your life, with your friends, those you know and have known. Surround your manger with the light of lights. Holy One, as we enter this time of Advent waiting, we cry out, how long? How long until hope flourishes? How long till justice flourishes? 
How long till peace comes to the land? How long until love is our common language? Your presence in us and with us and through us, O God, is assurance. So we wait. We stay awake. We keep watch. And we prepare for a new heaven and a new earth. Prepare the way, friends. Prepare the way.